Hey, Todd, when you do this next podcast, can you watch your word choice and your volume and just do a, a much better job of paying attention to detail? Because, um, you know, it's important to me that, uh, that this thing comes off exactly right. Oh, for Pete's sake. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, where we discuss how to survive a bad boss and not be one. Hey, Jeff, this episode is all about the control freak boss. Love it. Oh, hey, Todd, I should, uh, I should, I should point out that we are happy to be recording at the Opera House coffee shop um, down on the River Market here in Kansas City. Special thanks to those guys for letting us camp out here. And it's a very cool vibe in here. It is. It is. So I just wanted to mention that. So the control freak boss, the sin of a mission here, trust, autonomy, and empowerment, non-existent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I have to share this great story from a friend of mine uh, in her childhood, um, all about the control freak. And uh, she, every year, she and her sister would get to decorate the Christmas tree around the holidays. And when they'd go to bed, they thought they had the Christmas tree great. And they'd get up mm-hmm. the next morning only to discover their mother had totally redecorated it. <laughs> After a couple of years, they finally were like, ah, why she, bother? Let's she, let her just decorate it. Did she think that they wouldn't notice? <laughs> I don't think she cared. Okay. I think she wanted them to have fun in the moment and then just kind of move on so, and be like, so the tree no, had I need be, it to look this way. The tree had to be just right. Just right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of like, it's kind of what it feels like when you work for me, <laughs> I think, you know, because I, I, I think, uh, I, think I, I struggle a little bit with this because I, I think I, I like things a certain way. Yep. And um, the people on my team would probably agree yeah. you know, that they, they can do a lot of work and uh, think it's just about right. And I, I'm, I kind of do this little, this is great. Let me, let me spend a couple hours with it and uh, we'll see where we are. So this is one you can relate to quite a bit. I, I, I can. Yeah. Let me just uh, ponder a hypothesis here. Do you use the justification that uh, you're not so much a control freak as you are a perfectionist? Um. You know, I, I don't, I think, yeah, I mean, I do. I think, but, but there's a very fine guilty, line between guilty. perfectionist yeah. and micromanager. Sure. As a matter of fact, one of the one of the, the most common complaints that I see ab- about people's bosses is yeah. micromanagement. Sure. Um, and that's one word, by the way. Yeah. No hyphen. So not, Good, not, no, not, yeah. not to micromanage the yeah. spelling of micromanagement. Right. Yeah. But I learned that late in life and I was embarrassed for putting a hyphen in that for so many years. Anyway, but but I digress. So so micromanagement will drive people crazy. Sure. And and I think we can all agree, especially as we move through our career and we get good at what we do and we get more comfortable with what we do, but and we have say we have a manager that doesn't respond to that, continues to 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 hover and to control everything we do. What would you say are some of the differences between a micromanager and a control freak? Because the Venn diagram is pretty significant, it, right? Like, there's a lot yeah. of overlap between the two, but there are a few subtle differences between them. Well, you know, I think maybe one leads to the other. Yeah. I mean, one way to look at it, look at it is a micro person who is micromanaging has got a control problem. Yeah. You know, I think I think micromanagement is the way it manifests. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you know, some bosses are are very perfectionistic, but I, you know, I think it's interesting to find out what's behind it. Sure. You know, what what's causing a boss to to uh, tend to micromanage? Yeah. I've, uh, it, I also am guilty of this uh, sometimes, and I, I find that I have really tried to take a step back and say, am I actually adding value to what I'm doing here, or is this just making it Todd's way? So, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a slight di- there's probably a difference between being a perfectionist and being a Todd f- 
perfectionist of you know really making sure that it's done the way I want it to be done. Yeah, some, sometimes I think bosses do do feel like um, you know there's one way to do it and it's their way. Yeah. But I think there's also sometimes uh, other things at play. You know, sometimes a boss is dealing with anxiety or there's pressure on them to deliver something a certain way, and so and so because of that pressure, they they tend to get much more involved so that there's no surprises in the work that you're doing. Sure. And, um, you know, other times I think that it may be that there's a, there, there could be a deficiency in us. Sure. And they, they realize that. Maybe we don't realize that, but they realize it and aren't going to take, you know, be willing to, to take a chance. Yeah. Well, I, I do think, that, you know, I, I like the notion of thinking about a control freak is really feeling a lack of control. And that's a big part right. of why they're trying to seize that control and doing something with it. And so I think one of the strategies we can do when we're dealing with bosses in control freak mode is to be able to say, what can I do to give them more control in this situation? So you're giving your boss more control yeah. or at least or at least giving them the impression that they are being kept informed. Yes. Or or whatever, removing some of those doubts that they may have. Yeah. Right? I think that's a good I think that's a good strategy. Well I think about that just from like a general therapy or or um confrontation or kind of even boss situation of when you're feeling people are getting defensive or not uh engaging in a conversation often it's because they feel a lack of control yeah. and so being able to give some control and you know alternative closes are just a great way to to be able to throw that in and the classic is the parent example you know like i don't want to say to my kids what do you want to eat i, I want to box them in a little bit and say do you want a grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly sandwich and yeah, okay. and so that way they have control in that situation but i have ultimate control over that and i yeah. think managing up sometimes we can take that same tactic with it hey I put together two solutions around this uh, that we could actually implement. I recommend this, but I came in and I wanted to see which one you wanted to go with. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, a good approach. As a matter of fact, I, I ran across a Forbes article, and we'll link to it in the show notes, um, that provided 15 tips Holy on, cow. on how to uh, deal with a control freak boss or a boss that micromanages. And one of them that popped out to me was, was number eight. And their number eight was ask for feedback instead of permission. Oh, and I want to kind of dug ooh. into that. It's it's kind of like some, they said that we we sometimes invite micromanaging or controlling behavior from our bosses because we ask for it. Yeah. In other words, we go and say, "Hey, what do you want me to work on this week, boss?" Or right. Or um, what's the next step in this process, boss? Or I need you to make a decision about this, boss. And so we're we're actually inviting it, and instead they they imply that asking for feedback is more like. Hey, boss, I'm looking at the week this week, and I'm, I'm going to focus on this, this, and this, yeah. um, and try to get this done by Wednesday and this done by Friday, and I um, want to make sure that, that's, that you're comfortable with that. I love um, that strategy. Much better to do that than to say, hey, what, what are my priorities, boss? And yeah. then it makes them feel like they got to stay on me. they gotta, you know, they got to get real detailed. So that's a, I, thought, I thought that was a good piece of advice. I wonder, it, you know, and I, I, I immediately flip that around, too, to think about one of the more frustrating moments I have when I'm in boss mode is when the people on my team aren't wanting to make a decision or aren't wanting to go forward yeah. with it. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious as to how I can transition from the reverse of that, of where they're, uh, they're coming asking me for a decision. And I'm like, well, this is a decision you should make. I wonder how I can turn that into a feedback moment. And I, I think part of that is asking the right questions about, well, which one do you think we should go with? What, what was the criteria you put in place mm. for this? How do you support that decision? Why do you think that's a great way to go with it? Sounds like that's the way we ought to go. Yeah. So the other th thought around that is how do you start to see that your what, – what are signs that your boss is a control freak, are starting to control more of the job than what you'd feel comfortable with? How do you start if, – if your boss isn't giving you enough trust, autonomy, and empowerment mm. – 
what can you do to earn more trust, autonomy, and empowerment? That's a that's a really good question, and then, and I think it I think it's important because if we wait around for a boss to give us the trust that we're we're hoping for, I think it'll, it, you know it could never happen. So <clears throat> initially, you know, my first instinct is to tell you to to earn it. Yeah. You know, are you doing everything you can do to to work as hard as you can? to be as transparent about what you're working on as you can. Um, and if, 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 you know, if nothing else, focus on attention to detail. So sure. one of the things I have seen that bosses get kind of freaked out about is when they have attention to detail because, say, their name is on the report that's right. going, but they don't feel like you have the attention to detail. Sure. And so there's a sense of, of I, need to, I need to check over all of your work because right. I pay attention to grammar and you don't. So if you're, if you're an employee, and you, you know, if you have, a, if there's something to default to, I would say focus on accuracy and attention to detail. Right, and you're gonna give the you're gonna give your boss less things to uh, to be concerned about. Yeah, no, I, I certainly keeping them informed and making sure that you are demonstrating an attention to detail and matching off to the level that they expect out of you. I think gives them more greater confidence in that. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's those oh crap moments where they've thought. Oh, I wonder if they're working on this. Yeah. And if we haven't already provided the, that I am working on this, that's where the anxiety yeah. starts to flare up. And that's yeah. where the control, like they feel they're riding along on a horse yeah. carriage. Nobody's holding the reins. And so that's right. when they're going to reach for the reins. Exactly. Where if you're like, no, no, I got the reins. Yeah. yeah. Holding the reins up, showing them. Got Damn. them in my hands Damn. here. Yeah. So, um, so I think you're right. I think you may have mentioned this earlier, but communication. Yeah. Uh, updates, frequent updates, proactively. Don't wait to be asked. Go ahead and be and do proactive updates to your boss to keep them keep them informed. Yeah, it, it, it kind of makes me think of when I was teaching my kids how to drive. That uh, there were many times when we'd be coming up to a stoplight, and I I had no strong feeling that they were going to stop in time. Um, now they were thinking they had plenty of time to stop and they were all over it. And so I worked with all of them to say, "You have to tell me what's going on through your head yeah, because yeah. I can't assess." Yeah, physically watching this coming right. to, to play out if we're going to make it or not. How and many so times have you stamped on the uh, the imaginary brake pedal in the passenger oh, seat? Many times, many times. Yeah. And yeah. how many times did I say brake, brake, brake? You know, and yeah. and so part of that is for them to be able to understand my anxiety in those yeah. moments and say, hey, just want to let you know. I'm, yeah, I see the stoplight. I'm going to be really, breaking that, at the right that's time. That's a really good. Uh, that's a really good idea. And I, I wish I would have known this back when I was learning to drive. Because you know what you just said brought back these memories of my mom. <clears throat> my mom, and it became a funny thing in our family because now anytime, anyway, let me explain it to you. So, so she would have this. She she would do this thing that while we're driving on the highway or anywhere, if if anyone touched their brakes yeah. up in up in front. Yeah. It could be 20 cars up in front. Yeah. Um, she wanted to make sure we knew that we may need to brake soon because... Sure. And so you would hear this high-pitched, braking, <laughs> braking, braking. And then, you know, immediately <laughs> that would scare the you know, pants sure. off us because she'd sure. be like, braking. Sure. And then we, the reaction always was, mom, I see it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I get it. Yeah. And so now in, in my own family, when we see, <laughs> when we see braking, you know, it's my breaking, kids, breaking. I, I go, braking. And they go, dad. But, but, you know, but again, you know, I guess communicating, I'm not sure, sure. I could have. She was pretty quick on the draw. Sure. I, if we could look ahead and say, Mom, I see the braking. Sure. Or, or, or better yet, touch, start to touch my brakes a little, then she would know sure. that I saw the braking and wouldn't feel nece necessary to do that. Sure. The, um, in the uh, Japanese culture, they have a 
point and call uh, methodology. It's a safety mechanism. So train oh, conductors yeah, yeah, yeah. come in and they point and they call it all out. And so that's the kind of situation that in those situations, if you can point and call for your boss, it reduces the anxiety. So that breaking taking place to be able to say, yeah. I see the break up there that starting. It, now, your mom may still been quick on the draw and you been was. like breaking at the same time. But after a while of you starting to do that, she's starting to reassure that, okay, mm-hmm. he does see the breaking. And then I'm guessing would eventually back off of that a little bit to yeah. be like, I don't yeah. need to be as much on it. Think Which I think is how we can apply that to yeah. our bosses where they're control freaks is to be able to develop that mindset of I need right. to let them know what I'm about to do yeah. so they don't have to worry about it. That's a, that's a really good point. So I guess we default again to communication, <laughs> updates. <laughs> but understanding what, what the issues are is sure. very important. So. Um, I, I think I think dialogue is important. I think um, you know, give me an example of a question that you could ask your boss that would reveal what it is he or she is so concerned about. Yeah. You know, I mean, how would you do that? So you got a boss who's always, you know, doing this. Can you think of how would you oh. how would you approach it? Yeah. No. So I think I would I think I would do the reflective listening with them, and okay. so I would and I would say you're concerned that I haven't paid enough attention to the details that are going on with this. You're worried. Well, the 15 spelling errors, Todd, was (laughs) what gave it away. (laughs) I literally had a conversation with my boss today about my spelling. (laughs) I couldn't even spell October correctly. But that's a a whole side hard work. It's a hard work. (laughs) So um, I think being able to say you're worried, you're anxious, you're concerned, um, are very natural things to be able to say and then to try to quant- to, to actually say what it is you're worried about. You're worried this project's going to come in over budget. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm worried about because of what, the... What da, da, if da. you don't know? What, what if it's just you, you just suspect that they just are a control freak and they got to have it their own way? What, is there a, do you, Should you put words in their mouth like that where you say you are obviously concerned that I'm not... So, so there's different. Yeah. So there's difference between you're obviously concerned that yeah. you're doing because it's okay. not. There's not a judgment part about right. it, and and you got to do it without edge. Like you got to be like, yeah. well, clearly you don't trust me on this. That's not the right way to go about it. But you're concerned that uh, this budget is going to be a little bit uh, over what we projected it to be. No, that's not it at all. What I'm concerned about is that you're going to be late on it, and that you haven't thought about X, Y, and Z. Okay, well now that now I get it, so I understand. The beauty part is you don't have to be correct with it. You mm, just yeah. have to say it. They'll. F- it's easy. It's back to the red mm-hmm. uh, pen rather than the yeah. black pen. That it's easier to, to react to. Right. Yeah. Um, because because there's a chance they don't even really know what it is that make, that's making them uncomfortable. Because I think if you ask the question like, so what are you concerned about, or what's bothering you about this, that puts them on the defensive. What about but if the you question? Take, why are you being such a freaking <laughs> control freak? That <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. That would make. I think it's better to use a term like control enthusiast because that I think that's softer. It doesn't put them on the defense. Why is everything got to be done your way? Yeah. 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 And then stomp and kick and scream. Right. Which reminds me of something that a Harvard Business Review article said about this. One of their tips. Very smooth transition. Thank you. you. Yeah. It's a segue. Yeah. Not the scooter. Yeah. Um, the article said one of the things they recommend is don't fight it. I, yeah. thought, I thought, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. And it said that, you know, even if you start to feel frustrated, the worst thing you can do is to, like, react aggressively to someone's control or micromanagement. Sure. Because it actually does the opposite. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll feel less trust toward you, yep. more annoyance, and, and they'll, they'll have more concerns about your work. And so they may actually get more involved. 
So uh, I don't really know what the alternative is, but the, you know, just the, it's not always it's not good to like like you said, stomp your feet and turn red and say you're always controlling me. I think, but I think this is brilliant. So I, I I like where we're headed with this, and you know, thinking about how not to fight it makes me think back to my very early sports ball days. Sports uh, ball, yeah, where I, I I was on the freshman football team in mm. in high school, um, and I played that. What are uh, you about a buck? 20 yeah exactly. soaking wet right now. yeah um so I, I had a few more pounds on me in high oh, school but okay. it was not muscle and uh <laughs> my job my job was the third string and, and my job was to kind of line up on the defense and try to get in to get the quarterback what what role would that have been i, th- I think it's you're talking about like a defensive end your job yeah, was to yeah, rush yeah. That's the exactly quarterback was, try yeah. To, yeah. okay and so um so I, as I would go and hit these giant guys on the offensive line they'd yeah. knock me down that's, every single that's time that's what i played by the way yeah, this explains a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, this totally explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. So as I would come and hit the uh, the uh, stone wall of you know guys offensive like you on the front, offensive, offensive line, mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach pulled me aside one one point and said, "Don't fight it. Don't fight you, it. You can't overpower these blockheads on the offensive hey, line." I, I resemble that. Remark. I know exactly. Oh, hey, there's Hell's Bells. All right, let me finish up this story and then we got to okay. wrap this up. Right. So, so um, he said, "What you got to do is use their energy." against them so take a step towards them but as they come with you step to the side and get around them and so i think it's the same thing with the control freak boss is not to fight it to use their energy with it so if they're showing some anxiety and some control around that how do you tap into that and help feed that to reduce the anxiety as Hmm. opposed to get defensive or that's interesting that's interesting because what my coach told me when people like you were trying to rush around me was just to grab their head and crush their skull (laughs) so <laughs> Don't let them use their your energy against you. Crush right. their head is kind of what they told me. Right, oh, right, that's exactly. That's nice. All right, so control freak <laughs> bosses. Right, yes. I think we've hit a couple of things here. We decided we don't like them. We don't like them. And sometimes when we look in the mirror, we see them. Almost every day. Yeah. yeah. And so the key things, of course, communication is a big thing. Yeah, updates, communication, overshare what you're working on, how you're doing it. If they're not giving you enough trust, enough mm-hmm. autonomy, enough empowerment... There are things you can do to earn that. And right. so keeping them well-informed. I loved this notion of ask for feedback instead yeah. of asking for decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do, do some of the thinking for them. Demonstrates that you've actually thought things through and you have a plan. Yeah. And they can relax a little bit. Yeah. And go do something else. Even if you work for a control freak boss, just remember, could be worse. You could work for Jeff. Or me.